May 31, 1911. The second Olympic-class liner is finally complete after two years of construction. It'll be ready for its first voyage a year later. It's the most luxurious ship in the world. They call it Titanic. You just read the groundbreaking news in the Daily Herald and decide to treat yourself to a trip on this floating gem. You head over to the White Star Line's headquarters in London to buy yourself a ticket. You get the cheapest first-class fare for £30. That would be over $4,500 today. Wednesday, April 10, 1912. The day is finally here. You must be in Southampton at 9.30 a.m. The third-class passengers board the ship first. Then the second and first classes follow an hour before the vessel sets sail. Stewards on board welcome everyone and show them to their cabins. Now it's your turn. The majestic ship in front of you is bigger than you imagined. As you board the Titanic, Captain Edward Smith himself greets you. Your trip will begin shortly. By the time the liner stops at Cheborg in Queenstown, over 2,200 passengers and crew will be on board, embarking on their transatlantic trip. The Titanic is ready to sail, and you hear the horns from the deck as you wave goodbye to the people below. But just a few minutes later, you hear panic rising on the deck. You run up to the railings to see what's going on. It's another ship coming too close. The sight of it says SS City of New York. Titanic has barely left the dock, but it looks like there's about to be a collision. The captain manages to steer clear of the other ship within just a few feet. Phew, that was close. The ship is scheduled to arrive in New York a week later on April 17th. But that's only if things go according to plan. The weather is clear until Sunday the 14th. As the vessel crosses a cold front, it encounters huge waves and strong winds. That night is quiet but cold. The Titanic starts getting warnings from other ships about drifting blocks of ice in the Grand Banks of Newfoundland. But this time, the great ship doesn't continue to travel at full speed. Instead, the captain slows her down. He wants to make sure the lookouts will have plenty of time to spot any icebergs along the way, even if it means arriving in New York behind schedule. It's 11.40 in the evening. Lookout Frederick Fleet spots a colossal iceberg right ahead. He immediately alerts the bridge. The first officer tells the steersman to go around the iceberg, and the rest of the crew members must stop the engines right away. Everyone on board is working together to avoid the obstacle. But in this story, the steersman doesn't panic. He immediately turns the wheel the right direction away from the iceberg. Many passengers have already been awoken by the commotion and jostling. Some go on the deck in their nightgowns and pajamas to see what's going on. A few peek over the right side of the ship to get a closer look. You and everyone else watch anxiously with white-knuckle grips on the railing. The stress and cold make you shiver. You can't help but wonder if the Titanic will collide with the iceberg. It's getting closer and closer. Onlookers hold their breath. It's so quiet you can hear a pin drop. And then, within a mere inch, the ship slowly sails by the ice monster. There was no contact, no gap ripped in the hull hundreds of feet long that would allow water to flood into the lower compartments. Everyone starts clapping and hugging each other. 
After doing all the necessary checks, the captain officially announces that everything is all right. He invites the passengers on the deck to come inside for a hot cup of tea before they go back to their cabins. You follow the group and see the captain leaving to go report the incident. He also alerts other ships in the North Atlantic to slow down and be on the lookout. Amongst those ships is the Carpathia. Nope, she continues on her course. No need to come to Titanic's rescue tonight. RMS Titanic finally reaches its destination on April 17, 1912. It's eight hours late, but it's safe. Thousands of people come to the New York docks to admire the most luxurious ship in the world. It had a successful first voyage. Before getting off the ship, some passengers exchange addresses to write letters to each other. Like tennis players Richard Norris and Carl Baer. Both were on board the Titanic. But this time, Norris didn't spend hours in the cold water of the North Atlantic trying to help other passengers, almost losing his legs to hypothermia. And Bear was never on a lifeboat with his girlfriend, where he asked her to marry him. No, this time, he did it with friends and family around, and they all celebrated the engagement. The two tennis players end up playing their first match together later in 1912. Norris became one of the best players of his generation and won the Davis Cup five times. Margaret Brown was going back to the U.S. to see her sick grandchild. This time, she didn't have to help passengers get on lifeboats and never got on lifeboat six herself. When Brown gets off the ship, she runs to her grandson's side. This time, she never met the crew or the captain of the Carpathia to give them an honorary silver cup. She kept doing philanthropic work, but she never became known as the unsinkable Molly Brown. Violet Jessup never liked the idea of sailing in the North Atlantic because she knew how bad the weather could be. She was cautious, having just survived a crash a few months earlier. It was on the Titanic sister ship, the Olympic. But her friends convinced her to join the legendary ship's crew. This time, she was never called on deck to help passengers and never boarded lifeboat 16. She continued working on the Titanic until her retirement. Meaning, she was never taken on as a nurse of the Britannic. And in November 1915, it didn't become the third shipwreck Jessup would survive. Bandmaster Wallace Hartley went on the voyage to make new possible contacts for future work. But he kept playing to entertain passengers. This time, he never played music to a panicked crowd of people while the ship was sinking. He survives. He goes home to his fiancée, gets married, and starts a family. He continues entertaining people on the North Atlantic run. This time, his mourning fiancée never received his violin, and the historic Titanic memorabilia was never sold in 2013 for $1.7 million. Bertha Maine met the love of her life Quig Baxter in Brussels while he was traveling with his mother and sister. Baxter wanted to take Maine with him, so he secretly booked her a cabin under the name Mrs. de Villiers. This time, he never had to guide his family to a lifeboat. His family met his girlfriend when they got off the ship, not on lifeboat 6. This time, Baxter survived. He returned to Canada with his girlfriend, and she never went back to Europe alone. Maine's nephew would never find a shoebox in her closet with memories from the Titanic. Dorothy Gibson was playing bridge that night with a couple of New York bankers. 
when she went back to her stateroom with her mother, she never heard that long, sickening crunch and never got on Lifeboat 7. And in May 1912, she doesn't star in a movie about surviving the Titanic because there was no crash to survive. She went on to do great things, and she eventually moved to France with her mom. In this hypothetical story, the Titanic went on to have a successful career. It was the most luxurious ship for many years to come. It did the North Atlantic run countless times, and it successfully delivered passengers and mail where they needed to go. After 25 years in service, the old liner was scrapped. Another large vessel replaced it. It had more room for lifeboats and a large enough deck for people to walk and play. The White Star Line Company would eventually merge with their competitors. But this time, because their ships didn't sink, they made enough profit to continue going strong. In 1980, the company would become a major airline. Their first trip was from Dublin to New York. The plane was nicknamed Titanic in honor of the airline's historic ship. And this time, in 1985, the only thing oceanographers find at the bottom of the North Atlantic is corals, fish, and mollusks. And a rather large blue diamond necklace. Hold on. Nah, just some broken blue glass. Never mind, 